Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on your Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Fast Lane recap. Seth Rollins retains. We have new Undisputed Tag Team Champions. We have the Tuesday Night Wars. We have Destruction in Rio Goku. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I was so glad I didn't did have to work on Tuesday just so I didn't have to worry about I had flipping. I had like ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the band from Ringside Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Beggy, aka the Misha Tofu driver. And sitting <laughs> directly across from me, we have JC Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Highway to the beef zone. We're gonna take a ride in. To the beef zone. And on that lovely note, I'll ask your congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 329, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. Loaded week of wrestling. Interesting Tuesday night. Interesting Wednesday night. I didn't even watch wrestling Wednesday night. It was so fucking weird. I came home. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch. I don't have anything to watch. It definitely <laughs> was one of those things where you didn't realize Fuck how it, much baseball. it did really. You, I had no idea how much I was conditioned for Wednesday night is wrestling night. It's like Monday night. I, I guess I don't know how how many weeks it takes for you to get conditioned to that shit, but it was kind of like, ooh, I got a free Wednesday night. <laughs> I watched the Diamondbacks. Uh, my wife, the Dodgers. yeah, I watched the baseball game. My wife went to her friend's house. I she doesn't like horror movies, and I, there was this horror movie called Speak No Evil that I've been hearing tons of good things about, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I will click on that free seven day trial on uh, Shutter T or Shutter movies, and I'll watch this movie. Uh, the movie, by the way, is fucking great. Don't let anybody spoil anything for you. If you haven't seen it, uh, speak no evil. It's very unnerving. Uh, but anyway, was that the same title that the move that Kane was in when he did the uh, WWE? Oh, was that called Speak No Evil? That I, did, I did not watch the Kane one. I, I watched. Know, I, 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 I didn't watch it either. But I, it kind of sounds familiar. It's, it's like this. It's this Danish Dutch. Uh, and yes, I know there is a difference, but it's a Danish <laughs> couple and a Dutch couple, and it's this horror movie that came out last year. And you know, I listen to some movie podcasts, and I know that people are really high on it. And I know it's supposed to be mega fucking unsettling and scary. And I was like, "There's no way Aaron would watch this with me." And I got the fucking. There's no fucking wrestling tonight. Yeah, why, you know? why not? My I watched a little bit of baseball, and I was like, "I'm gonna turn on this." Hour. It's an hour and a half, you know, oh, tight, easy. tight ninety minutes. You know, not like one of these fucking movies that they have these days. It's like three and a half hours long, oh, and just fucking not. Knocked it out. Yep. It was it was good. It's worth your time if you like horror movies. Ah, no two beer Zach Pullman tonight. Two beer is out in point. Portland. His parents are in town. Uh they he is an only child and they very rarely uh acknowledge that he exists. So <laughs> when he comes to visit, when they come to visit him, he has to kind of put us off. I know that he wanted to be here. I know that there's tons of stuff to talk about. There's no Vice tonight either. I know that Vice has been hanging out as per lately, and Reba keeps looking up like he's getting ready to pop up again. Yeah, I, I think she's looking for that mouse that we saw last week. See, here you go with this bullshit again. 
dude. I, I didn't even see the mouse. Okay, I I, I, I was sober when I saw the mouse. I wasn't okay. even high yet. Okay, fair. Shout okay. out to Mike Fernandez making fun of us for getting <laughs> high during. <the> <laughs> <laughs> we drink it too this week too, boss. So we got it all covered. <laughs> I mean, they're Bush NAs, right? I mean, uh, so tons of wrestling to get to tonight. You know, I don't know if you're new to the podcast. I don't know if you're old to the podcast, but I will reiterate that this podcast started many, 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 many years ago. We just used to not record it, and True. it just used to take place on the patio in downtown St. Louis, mm. as either I was working or not working or just drinking. Jason and I played softball together for several years and we all the the topic always turned to wrestling as you might imagine so <laughs> we definitely miss zach we definitely miss vice but this is the original band, the, i'm not saying this is banned from ringside in its no. original form because no. banned from ringside included zach the whole time but before banned from ringside before banned from ringside this was it. it was just me and jason yelling at each other Agreed. so hey jason what up turd <laughs> even though you just dunked on me it's still funny <laughs> let's get started with that let's get started with that one count I say, ah, I'm blocking him. Oh, shit. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right, JCB, kick it off. Let's start with Fastlane from Saturday night. Uh, Five-match card. I was, I was a little surprised it was just five matches. I expected your impromptu six-match, even though um, Pat McAfee did make a, a surprise appearance. That's what, you ha- that's what you can do when you have a private plane and you got that ESPN money. You can do game day and – fast lane all at the same time even though you're going back home neither here nor there let's get down to it start the top of the card with cody versus cody and jay versus judgment day being finn balor and damian priest for the undisputed tag team titles cody and jay go over i kind of speculated last week that this might be a thing because we needed something for cody to do in the meantime between now and wrestlemania season now really count WrestleMania season as Royal Rumble going forward. There, If you believe the rumors, Bray Wyatt was next up for Cody Rhodes, and obviously Bray Wyatt is no longer with us, so that left Cody with the void, and it felt like they were booking him in that void. Not necessarily him being with Judgment Day in that feud was a bad thing, but we were expecting after Brock another single, at least I was, another singles feud leading towards the Royal Rumble. And obviously we didn't get that. Probably the reason why uh, Bray Wyatt was the next feud, neither here nor there. Um, The match itself I thought was good. Um, J.D. McDonough obviously being the the scapegoat here, taking out uh, Damian Priest before the actual pinfall protects Priest, but it comes into play later on in the main event where, unfortunately, you didn't have the specter of the money in the bank hanging over a a last man standing match. I don't think it took away from that, but it was definitely in play if you wanted to have it. Obviously, they didn't. Like I said, I thought the match was good. It was a good way to kick off the show. Obviously, you got Cody getting the crowd invested. Um, Surprise, no disappointed a little um i don't think you necessarily really? a, a little yeah, i was expecting a little bit more disappointment out of you because they are a makeshift tag team yeah but i mean priest and finn are a makeshift tag team too they're just now getting to the point where they have a name that's not 
Priest and Finn, though. I agree with that. It's, I think it's, that I think that was the, I think that was one of your criteria. It's still under the, in the old days. day umbrella. Okay, All I'm right. not a huge fan of that either. I mean, it's makeshift to me versus makeshift. So I mean, I can't really get mad. Hold Either on, way, hold on, hold here on, or there, hold well, on. at least on that aspect. Judgment Day is not makeshift. They are Finn they, and Priest are makeshift. But they, they are, are make. They are but a they're an established team, though. They're on the same squad. They wear the same. They they have a uniform. Okay, kind of. all right, fair enough. So it's another one of your criteria. It's it's running back and wide receiver. Okay, fair enough. If you want to go that route, we can go that route. Flex. But there's but they're still they're the flex positions. No, I'm I'm not talking fantasy. I'm talking I'm talking about real eleven on eleven. They're still position players. Okay, it's not. Not, we're not sitting there talking about a team. They're not the Patriots when they came out the Super Bowl as a team, and they didn't come out as individuals. Did individual. I ever tell you that story about when I was sitting up at Maggie O'Brien's one time? This is pre-Aaron, so this is like 2008. I was sitting Ooh. probably – no, I might have been sitting up there with Dolan. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And, right. And uh, I was sitting next to this guy who used to play for uh, East St. Louis, and he kept talking. I mean, this guy was probably – he was probably my age now. He was probably 44 or 43. 43, something like that. And he kept talking about – he was talking about his height. Like, I was watching the football game. I was kind of bullshitting. And he kept saying how he was a balance back. He was like, oh, I was a balance back. I was a balance back. These are two balance backs. What is a balance back? That's what I was getting ready to ask you. I was getting ready to say <laughs> he just kept saying – he kept saying balance back. He kept saying he was a balance back. You know, are you, you, know, are you a three-down back? Is that what it means? Because I'm thinking that He was a that balance might be a, back. Okay, I'm just, I'm just saying if he's a three-down down back, then if that's a balance back, so be it. You're in the game all the time. Um, I w- like I said, I wasn't surprised. I was just kind of like, uh, really? You know, I just – I like Judgment Day in this – Ultimately, that's where my disappointment lies is because this feels like the the start of at least Damian Priest on the way out and maybe J.D. McDonough coming in. They didn't do a a whole lot of uh, story development on Raw, but I'm sure there's more to come with Judgment Day. But I will say this, that if you want to know if WWE is back, like good again, as good as it's ever been, since and I don't think this pay per view was very good. It was it was fine. It was fine. I didn't watch the only the only match that I watched live was after I got home from my sister's house and I watched uh, Nakamura and Rollins was coming on right when I got home. Got to watch it. But um, that crowd was hot for Cody and Jay. Those two guys are two mega over baby faces, Agreed. and you can't be mega over baby faces without mega over heels. And it just shows that whole bloodline thing. You know, we, we criticize it sometimes. We've loved it in the past. It's been, but it has been steady, and it has been a boon for creative when it comes to WWE because that crowd was hot as fuck when Cody got the one, two, three on uh, on Finn Balor. So, um, yeah, it's not surprising to me. Uh, nobody here picked it, uh, but I think that. Zach Zach wasn't here to pick it. He we he sent in his picks, but we were all kind of like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jay and Cody won. No, so and, and that's okay. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world. It's already has it's an inner intrigue. Michael Cole on Monday night kind of was like, you know, this is great and everything, but what about you know finishing the story? And then I love before that. The, before he even said anything, Sammy and KO came out. So I mean, but it's good that. WWE hasn't forgotten about that. And they acknowledged it. And like, look, we yep. get it, but this story's not done. So obviously, you know, more to come in that area. This also 
puts Cody and Jay in a spot where they can bounce back and forth to SmackDown and Raw. That was going to be so, my next point. I expect to see them. They kept the on bloodline Friday. apart for a while, yeah. but not very long, long because Jay Uso is going to be right back there with Cody, and Cody and Roman still have unfinished business. And of Great. course, Jimmy, or of course, Jay has unfinished business with the rest of the bloodline. So, not really mad at it. Uh, did you watch the press conference? Uh, someone sent me the uh, the clip of the press conference. Which I think it was on our. I think it was on our group text. <laughs> it was, I think it was on our group text that someone sent it to me on Twitter with the night I was watching it. I've seen it <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> that motherfucker was lit. Listen, God damn. listen. <laughs> Cody and Jay won in the first match, and you know that you know they had their itinerary for the night. And they were like, "Listen, you're going to go over at 7:30 p.m." <laughs> And then at 10.30 p.m., you need to be present for the press, press conference. conference. And we got three hours. Shit. Yeah, what else are you going to do? that's all you had to say. I know. If me and Jason are winning at 7.30 and we got to be on at 10.30, we're, we're going to get fucked up. And those guys got fucked up. So good for you guys. I'm, I'm glad I'm they got bad. fucked up. I'm, I, uh, I'm glad that they bonded over their new – you know what I haven't really heard much talk about is – Jay Uso, who is a multi-tag team champion, is now a tag team champion with somebody besides Jimmy Uso. Someone, I think. Do they, you they, see Jimmy and Solo taking it from them? No, no. Um, uh, it, is, it is notable that Jay Uso now. I mean, he's clearly the one that. There behind as a solo star. Oh yeah! Apparently his merch is flying off the shelves. Main as event, well as main event Jay Uso. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm. Uh, I don't. I don't mind this. At least they're telling stories and they're making shit make sense. Yeah, and that's all I can ultimately ask. I mean, once it, it dawned upon me that Cody can go on SmackDown and legitimately go on there, you just don't have to make up an excuse. Cody's coming on SmackDown to make a major announcement. No, he can be on SmackDown. Right. You know. That makes sense. Pretty Deadly would be a great team to take it off of Cody and now we're talking. Jay. Now we're talking. A young team, tag team, up and coming heels. It would, at least for me, it would check the boxes I would ask for for someone to take it off of Cody and Jay at this point. Next up, you had Lashley and the Street Profits versus Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and X. X did not come out until much later in the match, so it started off as a handicap match, but ultimately Carlito comes out as X and joins in the fray. Not very long thereafter, the pinfall was made. I can't remember who Carlito pinned, neither here nor there. Um, I was This is where I was more mad than anything else because even with Carlito there, I get it. He didn't have to take the pin, but damn. What the fuck are we doing with Lashley and the Street Profits? I mean, if we're telling this story, then Lashley need to come back Friday night higher than fish grease at this point. So there's there's nothing really here to talk about in terms of the match, as long as you've watched a lot of, of WWE wrestling over the last few years. The Street Profits played their roles well as heels, which is not something that everybody does well, but no, they, it's. I'm finally glad that they're kind of making them lean into the fact that they're going to be heels at, at some point. They were definitely heels here. Um, the real story here is 
this is my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. Ow! So it's minus two points. So, um, <laughs> Good thing I didn't let you talk me into that shit. So I had Cena and L.A. Knight, <laughs> and I had EO second most likely to win. So that's only, and I had everything else wrong. So that's only two points, and I got minus two points on this one. So that leaves your boy with a big old goose egg. Damn. That is rough. That's where the five. That's where the five match structure really fucks your boy up. Because I made no. I did not go anywhere. And Jason and Zach both. Jason kept pace with Zach because they both got five points apiece. Because Jason switched his Stone Cold Pipe Lock of the Week to Cena and LA Knight. But uh, uh, you listen. Let's talk about Carly though, because. Right now, he is still the front runner for my uh, markout moment of the year when he came back and in Puerto Rico and cleared house and then pulled the apple out of his pocket and took a big bite of the apple. That to me is like the stuff of legends. I will <laughs> I will never forget watching that because it was incredible. Is he LWO bound? Well, it's not Scullabud. It's confirmed. He's he's back. I mean, Carlito is back for a while. Okay. Carlito is, I don't know if he's going to be full-time or a special attraction or whatever, but he is back. And Carlito, I mean, wh- why Why do you ever get released in the first place? Fucking Carlito, man. I this guy know. is, he, yeah, I, he, he has what the kids, you know what, I'm not even going to say what the kids would call it. Because say what I, you would call uh, it. You grown-ass man. Say it with your chest. I mean, he's got it. He is fun. He is fun in hell. He is funner than hell. He is charisma. He is charisma unbound. When I, I think, love Carlito, when I think of a WWE sports entertainer, Carlito is someone that um, not immediately comes to mind, but he, he makes sense in the WWE system. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you can go to AEW. I think you should take the belt off Roman Reigns. Shit, come on now. Let's, let's, let's slow down, nigga. <laughs> the, the, rocks, the rocks just entered the jack. I mean, what the fuck, you know? Uh, no, I'm, it's cool that he's back. I just, I really have high hopes for Lashley and the Street Profits as a faction, and I thought this would be the jumping off point. Obviously, that didn't happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but this I thought this was a perfect spot to do it. You know what Carlito does better than anybody else? Spit apples at somebody? He spits in the face of those who don't, <laughs> don't want to be cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carlito is back. Uh, hell yeah. Viva la Carlito. We love him. Uh, what was next, Jason? Triple threat match next. Charlotte Flair versus Oscar versus EO for the WWE Women's title. Um... EO goes over. I thought this was a pretty good match. Um, I thought three beer kind of said it best where they, as long as they don't try to do too much and try to have big spots. And I thought they were trying to do that early and just kind of have a triple threat match. I thought that's what we got kind of on the back end. I thought that would make the best match. And ultimately that's what we end up getting. Um, I just, ultimately I'm kind of just, feel bad for Oscar and I always say this but once again this just feels like another time where I don't think she could have won but she just feels like she was a 
irrelevant part of this story if you'd have just rolled out EO and Charlotte and just have them to have the title match. I thought it had been way more effective than just having Oscar there. The mist in the face early, don't get me wrong. It did give me, it was like, oh shit, you know, it's going down like this. You know, we're going to have a quick finish. And obviously, you know, Charlotte comes out of that and we get a match out of it. I did think Bailey was going to cost EO the match. I would be lying if I said otherwise. That's just the wrestling cynicism in me, but Bailey ends up coming through in the end, distracting the ref, and ultimately helping EO retain the title. I thought EO didn't deserve to lose the title at this point. We still got some story to tell with EO. Um, But no, I I thought the match was pretty good. Um, Ultimately, like I said, to me, the biggest takeaway is Asuka is just how she's just seemingly breaking case of emergency type of the situation. It's never really been a big push on the main roster. NXT, obviously, aside, you know, she was the woman in NXT. Did I pick Charlotte to win? Yes. Did, am I glad that EO retained? Yes. Did Charlotte and Asuka for two, two triple threat matches in a row kind of, you know, hit a ground out, hit a soft grounder. Yeah, I mean, this match was just okay. This match could have been so much better. I would have rather seen EO versus Charlotte straight up, a motivated Charlotte, or EO versus Asuka straight up. You already got it, though. Yeah, I know. It, it This was fine. I'm glad that EO won. Uh, they kept Charlotte out of it with some shenanigans. So, EO goes over. They really... They need to have EO beat Bianca Belair or something to have this title reign count for something. I wouldn't, I can't say I disagree with that totally. Um, Or have her break up from Bailey and have her versus Bailey, which I would like also. That's what I think would be, I think more so is going to be what, if I had to put money on what would happen first, I think Bailey and EO break up, they have that match first. If Bianca comes back first and they have that match, fucking great. I, I would be down for that. But just with Crown Jewel around the corner, not saying that they're going to be on Crown Jewel because, you know, even though Saudi's being quote-unquote progressive, I'm not asking for, a, a, you know, a complete 180. <laughs> Survivor Series feels like more so of a – a realistic proposition for a Bailey EO match. Now I, be I a, think that Bianca EO, comes back. Is Jade uh, going to be on SmackDown or Raw? I guess there was. I guess there was my next question. I thought I saw her going to be on Raw, uh, which would kind of makes a little more sense. I don't think you want to put her and Bianca on the same brand just yet. I'll tell you this much: for everybody who was talking shit about how she needs to go to NXT first. That ain't happening, guys. She no, is being presented as a massive deal. I know it wasn't you. No, I said she should have. I would have said she should have went to NXT first, just to get her feet wet and learn what WWE wants and expects from her in their that ain't system. Happen. She, that ain't okay, happening. That's fine. She's that's down fine. there. She's down there doing hip tosses right now. Uh, good. She's that, hip tossing the fuck out of people good. right now. That's fine. She ain't going. Okay. She ain't going to NXT. I ain't mad, mad. I ain't even mad. I'm just. I'm going to be very curious to see. A, what brand she's on and how she's booked on said brand. I, I pray to guys nothing, anything close to what they did with AEW. If you can stay off of that unbeaten streak for a little bit, I would be more than happy with that. 
yeah, the thing is with the unbeaten streak in AEW, you know, it made her a name. She she didn't really beat anybody. You know, it was the TNT title. They never put it on. They they she was never even in the conversation for the women's heavyweight belt. So it just doesn't. I I mean that that makes no sense. I, well, it, anyway, you and Zach both had EO winning. You guys both got two points. I got one point, but obviously that point got negated. <laughs> By the prophets, by Bobby and the Bobby and the, the prophets, prophets. <laughs> singing off key like a motherfucker, bumping into each other and shit. <laughs> it's the four heartbeats. Who's giving me a chop this time? Maybe uh, you know what? Maybe Tender Mahal can find somebody. Maybe, I'm sure. Maybe I can get a chop from Josh Alexander this time. Or I'm something. sure. I'm sure he could uh, arrange, he hook it up. Yeah, God forbid. I, I think he might be able to uh, pull a string or two. Next up, uh, John Cena and L.A. Knight versus Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. Um, this was what it was. I was not a huge fan of it. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy and what they're doing with him as the bloodline. I'm just waiting for f- tomorrow night for Scorch, Scorch Earth when Roman returns. Your boy is not going to be happy. Jimmy running around here acting like he's the leader. Paul is making deals with Judgment Day, even though it was quote-unquote authorized. It went left, so Paul is going to take the fall for that. Solo is probably the only one that's going to be above board because you don't want to cross Solo just yet. L.A. Knight is going to be in his crosshairs. Now it feels like Crown Jewel might be the L.A. Knight-Roman Reigns match because now you have all these factors in play. And L.A. Knight seemingly is the center of this whole turmoil, as it seems to be. Like I said, I, the match itself was what it was. I wasn't even a huge fan of it. Um, if there was a shower to take at 4 in the morning, I probably would have took it right here. This, uh, not much to say about this match. This went exactly how we thought it was going to. Jimmy taking the pin solo. Super protected. I think the only thing that's noteworthy about this match is that it lasted 12 or 13 minutes. L.A. Knight was the one that got the hot tag, not Cena. Cena was in there taking a beating. Cena, L.A. Knight takes the hot tag. L.A. Knight cleans house. He didn't work a whole lot. Um, And dare I say, they may have over already overcorrected like maybe he is maybe he's getting maybe he's a little too protected for a guy that really hasn't done shit yet unless they're building him up for roman yeah uh, crown jewel which is yeah it's it's a it's they're totally building him up and that's fine for crown jewel you think it's gonna happen that fast um i don't see what the difference is between a couple more weeks i mean you know what he wins crown jewel uh it's sometime in if, uh, November. It's either first or second week of November. I, I honestly can't remember. It's a Saturday. It's in the afternoon. Okay. Um. So what? We're in the middle of October. So what? Two more weeks versus another month. I mean, you can roll out, you know, enhancement talent, or you know, have him beat like Finn Balor or some shit. If he, I think he's already done that. So I mean, you know, in this scenario, we're kind of running out of guys for him to beat. He's not obviously in the U.S. title picture or the Intercontinental title picture. So I mean, Crown Jewel feels about right. I mean, why fuck around? You know, pull the trigger, be done with it. November fourth. Okay, there you go. I don't see a problem with waiting uh, two more weeks to get this thing done. I mean, 
LA Knight is hot as hot, as hot can be right now, and I don't see a reason. What do you always say? Strike when the iron's hot. Time yeah. to strike. Yeah, not much. Not much you can say about this. LA Knight super hot. I didn't care about this match at all. Neither did I. Way too predictable, and the match wasn't good enough for me to be like, oh, shit, you know, damn, okay, well, now we got some shit going. It's a SmackDown match. It was a legitimately a SmackDown match, especially when you had Solo and Cena fight up the ramp. I'm like, okay, yeah, yep. you know, oh, yeah. yeah, you know how this shit's going to end. So it is what it is. Main event time, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins, last man standing for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I will obviously say this was my match of the night, and it was the match of the night by far. A little bit of a slow start, but once they got it out of gear, it really started to pick up. I thought the match really picked up once they got out of the ring and used the tables, the high spots, the high escalation spots in, uh, in certain areas to where it really – took advantage of the situation. I thought for 30 seconds there, I thought Seth was going to lose this match. Um, This was Shinsuke's best match on the main roster by far, and this is kudos to Triple H and all the work he's done to rehabilitate Shinsuke from the damage Vince's did with the... Bad booking, the poor gimmicks, the low blows to AJ, yada, yada, yada. Um, I would, Like I said, I would be lying if I didn't think for 30 seconds Seth wasn't going to make the 10 count, but obviously he did. Um, Shinsuke falling, but then kind of, you know, getting not staying down for 10 long, I thought was probably the I best. I thought it was going to be a double, double. I thought they both weren't going to get up. I thought. Really? That- you thought they were going to kick this thing over? Man, I was. Dead sober, watching it, I was like, it makes sense that, what, what it was a falcon arrow, falcon arrow through a table, right? Mm-hmm. I've always said that falcon arrow seems like a finisher. I don't know why it's not a finisher. <laughs> but um, it makes sense that Shinsuke can't get up because he should be selling the fuck out of that move. The story this entire time, including this entire match, which was a a bruiser of a match, um, some really big spots. Uh, the double knees to the table. I know the table was gimmicked. I mean, it broke right down the middle. I don't care. Motherfucker is like the Red Sea in, right? in Ten Commandments. It was just like right down the middle. I don't care. Cast but, scatter when I was like, oh shit. I mean, that's a, that's Shinsuke Nakamura is my age. That's a forty three year old man going double knees, landing on his knees. Even if even if Seth Rollins kind of catches him. He almost kind of overshot him. Oh, it was, man. it was a, it was a. That was the spot where I was like, "Ah, god damn, Shinsuke's really letting it all out there." Yeah, that's why I was like, "Okay, now it's on." The story was is that Seth Rollins is a broken man. This was the perfect time to take the belt off of Seth Rollins. The story was there. The contender was there. The stars were aligning. Damian Priest wasn't there. That's the one thing. So that- I missed that part while I was watching it live, which I guess Damian Priest says, take the... take." The- no, Rhea was like, cough that motherfucker up. We, you're not going Tonight's out there the tonight. Night. Now give me the briefcase. Right. So right then I was like, okay, we're going to get a match, and we're going to get a winner regardless of what happens. Win, lose, or draw, we're going to get a winner. So I didn't know that while I was watching it live, and so I kept watching it till the very end. I was like, I guess... This is it. 
that really didn't change my enjoyment of the match, which I'm a little, I'm not as high on as you are and a few other people that I saw online. It, you know, it was, it's kind of a spot fest. Uh, I would, yeah. uh, I would prefer more of a, you know, call me a nerd, call me a neckbeard, call me a basement dweller all you want, but I would have preferred more of a match in ring where they're, matching uh move for move reversals for reversals i know that's not the style i know that's not the wwe style but these are two guys that could have done it not saying it wasn't a bad match not saying i wasn't into it while i was watching it i think that rollins going over was the bad move and you know obviously they have plans going forward and that's the thing that you never really think of is that if you work yourself into a shoot and you start thinking X is going to win, you never think about, okay, but they probably have plans a month from now, two months from now with Y. So that's where we're at now. I was disappointed, though. I, I can see why you were disappointed because, I mean, it, it would it I wouldn't say it makes sense, but if there was the time to pull the trigger on Shinsuke, this is when you do it. If you don't, when do you do it, if at all? And I think that's more of the, that's kind of the the spinoff question for Shinsuke. Is this his last chance at being a world heavyweight champion in WWE? And my knee jerk reaction is to kind of say, yeah. Um, I would love to see him get another chance. They would just, you know, he would have to, you know, probably switch over to the SmackDown brand. And then obviously Roman could not be champion at this point. You, you're not going to have Shinsuke beat Roman even though that would be a... Uh, Will Shinsuke oh. ever hold the big belt? No. You had, you had your chance. Twice. Well, really once. Him but winning the Royal Rumble and facing AJ, AJ Styles. Styles, that was the chance, and that was under the Vince regime. We know how that went. What a shame. This time around, Triple H made Shinsuke to feel as legit as humanly possible. So like I said, to the point where I thought there for a little bit, especially when they were on the outside up in the stands by the fans or whatever, and uh, Shinsuke did the move where he, well, God, I think he like uh, did something where he landed with Rollins on his back through like the table or some shit like that. And that's why I was like, okay, see, this is, this is it. Do you think it's strange that WWE in 2023 – with the globalization of wrestling, with WCW that came before it, TNA, Impact, New Japan influence, AEW, that they never have had a Japanese world heavyweight men's champ. Do you think it's strange or do you think it's... No, it's considering the, the mentality of the person in charge at the time, um, what year do you think that we're going to get a WWE? Just just give me a year. Um, I'm going to say 2028, and I'm going to say it's Takeshita. I was going to say it. it's a five-year plan at this point. If Triple H is really going forward, I'll say 2430. Uh, the champion. 2430? Oh, I'm sorry, 2030. That is really yeah. far away, 2430. Uh, who would be the champion at that point? I just, That's a full 406 years yeah. away. I might be dead. Yeah, I might be too. Um, if I'm not, then I've, I've done something amazing. I, I, to, to catch that, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime It'll soon. It'll be like Eddie Murphy and Vampire in Brooklyn. 
there buys a motherfucking neck up of this shit. I think it's going to happen because I think ultimately Triple H wants to do what the plan was before the pandemic. WWE Japan, WWE Germany, WWE fill in the blank. So it's a, a, a global territory system, if that makes sense. So we've been giving out letter grades on these pay-per-views and I've teased you in the past about your, <laughs> about your low grades. <laughs> I always ask you first you do. to give to give a letter grade. All right, have it in mind. So this time, I'm going to give a letter grade. Okay. Okay? Okay. So I am going to go with a D plus. Ain't too far off. I was, said, I was saying C minus. So you went higher than me. A little bit higher, yeah. Unbelievable. That's going to uh, – anything else that you want to say about this before we move on um, to the next? Now, just if you didn't watch Raw on Monday night, um, I can't remember who Adam Pierce was talking to backstage, but in the background, Rhea Ripley was talking to McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, just yep. food for thought. Yeah, we might get to that a little bit later. Let's get to that two count. One, two, three. All right, so the two count's going to be a bit of a hybrid, okay? So we're going to do collision, and we're going to fold it into the Tuesday Night Wars, just because I don't know when else we would talk about collision. But there was one thing that happened on collision that is very newsworthy and uh, pretty badass in my estimation. So we had Big Bill and Ricky Starks beat FTR, for the AEW Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. This match took four minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> God damn. FTR is, they are world beaters. They have been putting on the best matches of the last year and a half in tag tag team. They've had great matches with everybody. The Briscoes, Aussie Open, the Young Bucks, they have been absolutely killing it. Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club Gold. Thank you very much. That hour match that was on the first collision or the second collision. Bang, or bang, bang. They have been killing it. I have my issues with FTR. I just think they're kind of dorks. And, <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, FTR. What up, turn? <laughs> But there is no denying their in-ring prowess and how great they've been. They are O-V-E-R. I'm sorry. I wouldn't even say that. They are O-V-A. Over. Big time. People love them. Uh, people love working with them. They do. It doesn't seem like they have people that they don't like or people that don't like them. At least they were able to work with the Young Bucks, even though they're friends with CM Punk, XYZ, whatever. Anyway, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Basically, jump them at the beginning of this match and go on to a, a squash match. I mean, it was a four-and-a-half-minute match. The FTR drops it in front of a hot crowd. It was a hot match. Jason, what do you think about this title change? I know I said I wanted Ricky Starks to be the, the first black world heavyweight champion. You I, did. That is what you said. And I, I'll, I'll stand by that. And I know you said that FTR, you wanted them to drop the titles. I did. Yes, I said that. I was like, God 
damn, what the fuck just happened? I found out about it via text. I didn't even. Well, this I found. You were on the text. I got it from Zach Pullman. I saw the match after beforehand. Yeah, right. Who is Zach Pullman? He's not here. Um, I saw the match, and then the text came subsequently thereafter. I think it was like the day after. But I, like I said, I already saw the shit, and I'm and I'm I'm watching the shit, and I'm like, is this happening? Is this really in my head? I'm watching FTR just getting crushed. I Crushed. mean, Big Bill is choke slamming anything that is non Ricky Starks related on the table, on the ring, on the uh, in the ring. I mean, multiple times. I'm sitting there like, okay, something's gonna happen, right? Somebody's coming down to help these jokers, right? Nope. Dax is gonna kick out of this, right? Nope. Cash is gonna kick in, come in and save, right? Nope. It was. And they set it all up. It was the Orange Cassidy moment in in the tag team element. And they told, and I'm not mad that they told the same story because I mean, it, legitimately, both guys were banged up off of the uh, the FTR Aussie Open match. So in this case, if you wanted to do it, this is how you do it. And they did it. It was perfect. I I sat there and just watched that Joker and Son silence. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like watching Ricky Starks like, you know, do it again. I'm like, do it again? Dude, he's dead. I think you're good. It was perfect. It was the way to change the tiles onto the, uh, the, the new champions. And then you have Ricky Starks being the puppeteer, pulling the string, saying, do it again. I'm like, man, okay, enough's enough. I'm like, man, this, I felt like old boy in Rocky Four. Throw the damn towel. Man, this shit was over. This is one of those situations that when people say that Tony Khan, they don't like Tony Khan's booking or whatever, I don't know who was in Tony Khan's ear, but this was a booking stroke of fucking genius. Yep. It got the belt off of FTR, um, which rather than just build it and build it and build it and build it and build it so everybody knows exactly what's coming, or everybody's like, well, it's 50-50, could be the buck, could be FTR. Right. No. They jumped him right at the beginning. They're a believable team. Ricky Starks is Mr. Collision. Mm. Big Bill is a credible big guy. Good for Big Bill uh, on just the the real uh, the R the IRL side of life, from where he was to where he is now. Nigga, gonna be your tag team champion for life, as far as I'm concerned. Good for Big Bill. Shit, got your shit right, and now he's a tag team champion with Ricky Starks, and they're both going to get over out of this. Yes, they are both going to get over out of this, and you did it in a surprising but believable way. Mm. This is but this this was a booking, like I said, a booking stroke of genius. I loved it. Looking forward to Ricky Starks and Big Bill as champion, and now it makes that Young Bucks victory the week before as being number one contenders make more sense because you're not getting Young Bucks versus FTR again. You're getting Young Bucks versus Ricky you're getting Starks. Young Bucks versus Ricky Starks, Starks and, and Big, Big Bill. Bill. Now let's see what these motherfuckers can do because I tell you what. It's going to fucking rule. It's It would be a very, very interesting litmus test, to say the least. Um, I hope they don't just pull the trigger and give it back to the Bucks. I wouldn't be upset if it ended in a DQ. 
I would be elated if, God forbid, they went had Starks and Big Bill Hell go yeah. over. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, it's – it's still the Bucks, you know. It's like I said with FTR and RC Open, you know. It's, you know what Ricky Starks is it. not? S-A-W-F-T. <laughs> Soft. Ricky Starks is the man. He's, I, I was just, like I said, it was the big surprise of the weekend. And for me not to sit it's there and watch it. It's funny to think how over Enzo and Big Cass were. Dude. They were so over. Dude. <laughs> They came out and motherfuckers knew their shit. Oh, yeah. They came up from NXT and they came onto the main roster night one and everybody was saying was just saying it verbatim like yep. they knew it. Yep. They were over as fuck. Yep. Crazy over. Super over. Anyway, congratulations to them. Mm. Love it. You know, and here, you know, this gives the opportunity for some storytelling with FTR. Yeah, um, have them, you know, sit on the shelf for a little bit, lick the wounds, and then have them come back and, and chase whoever the tag, the tag team champions are. Like I said, hopefully it's still uh, Starks and Bill at the time. But if it's not, you know, just hopefully it's a long reign in between, you know, the next time FTR gets the titles again because you know they're going to get the titles again. Not the match of the night, though. Uh, match of the night, Brian Danielson versus Kyle Fletcher was next. Holy fucking shit. Uh, this was 16 minutes long. Listen, you, and I'm going to get into this when we go into the NXT versus AEW Dynamite stuff. You can pish posh any type of wrestling you want. You can be like, oh, Danielson's over there doing 16 minutes with some dude from Australia. He's one of Will Ospreay's. Like, you can make anything sound stupid. It just really, it's a variety show, and wrestling can be anything that you want it to be. It's about fast. You can like fast lane better than this, but I'll tell you what: if I gotta watch, if you did, you're crazy. The Street Profits and Bobby Lashley versus who's your call it? And I love Carlito, or I'm watching Daniel Bryan versus Kyle Fletcher. I'm watching Daniel Bryan versus Kyle Fletcher. Oh yeah, every fucking. Time. <laughs> And that might make that might make us the fucking nerds. That's fine. There's room for all of it, but this fucking ruled. Kyle Fletcher is one of those guys that, because I watch a lot of New Japan, I've seen him in singles and in tag team. Mark Davis same way, and I think both guys are going to get their chance at some point to have a, a little mini singles run. But now you know, obviously, Mark Davis is hurt again. It's a good chance to introduce Kyle Fletcher to those who don't know or those who don't believe. So, yeah, I thought this was 16 minutes well spent. I knew Kyle Fletcher was going to lose, but it was it was one of those matches where I was like, yep, okay, this is a – he got himself over in the loss, even though Daniel Bryan – You want to know what year Kyle Fletcher was born? Oh, Jesus Christ. Tell me. 1998. God damn it. Oh, I think I have a headache. He's almost as old as our friendship. <laughs> God damn you I hate you right now you Anyway, uh, if you haven't watched this match Go out of your way to watch it Like yeah, if you're just sitting around and you're like Smoking a bowl and you're like I, Yeah, is there a match? Go find this match and watch it Gates of Agony come out uh, I don't want to go through this entire thing Acclaimed fought Iron Savages There was a Shane Taylor and Keith Lee thing uh, Eddie, King, Eddie Kingston, Timeless Tony. Eddie Kingston fought Commander, who won the number one contendership the night before for the ROH Heavyweight Championship. Eddie Kingston versus Commander was pretty good. Yeah, it was a it was a, a good title defense for Eddie. Yeah, 
and making, then it, making him feel like a, a true double champion. It ended with Edge and Nick Wayne and Darby Allen and Luchasaurus and Christian, but we're going to talk about that next. So now, smash cut. We're going to Tuesday night. So, Tuesday night. This is banned from ringside. I like what you did there. Tuesday night, there's uh, something that's never happened before. The Tuesday night wars. <laughs> so... <laughs> We had the Wednesday Night Wars for a long we had the Wednesday Night Wars for a long time in this podcast. Didn't last very long. It was Dynamite versus NXT, but that was black and gold NXT. And then we had Monday Night Wars for you know, seven or eight years, but for three years it was hot as fuck. Yeah. Just couldn't have been hotter. And that's Great. what is commonly referred to as the Monday Night Wars. And it ruled it was Vince versus Bischoff. It was Goldberg versus Austin. And this is these are not people that actually saw each other. This is just one brand versus the other brand. Or you legitimately switch from show to show. Good so times. naturally, wrestling fans are always trying to recreate the Monday Night Wars. I don't know why. So every time that there's two things on at the same time, maybe this is just us. I feel like it's every wrestling fan, though. The Wednesday Night Wars were a thing. Yeah. The other night, because there was MLB on Wednesday night, Dynamite had to get pushed back to Tuesday, which happened to be Tony Khan's birthday. birthday. And then NXT, Oof. who has a TV deal coming up, uh, is also on Tuesdays. So it's the first time in a long time that WWE – even though it's NXT, is going up against head-to-head against AEW. I would probably say it was the first time since NXT moved from Wednesday to Tuesday that we've seen them head-to-head. Yeah, and NXT moved from Wednesday to Tuesday because they were getting beaten by AEW. Let's listen. I'm just talking about no, facts. No, that's, 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 that's that is what it is. That is what happened. Yeah. They were like, fuck this. The, the ratings AEW, were getting... To the point where they and had AEW to do AEW was brand fucking new. Yeah. So, like, people were interested. Of course. So, they go head to head. I'm going to cut to the chase here. Please. As to what I think. I think that AEW basically had a regular-ass dynamite. Dynamites are, very often, dynamites are completely loaded. You're like, why is this match on free TV? Why is this match on free TV? Why is this match on free TV? Dynamite, I think, has a regular show. They have Brian Danielson versus Swerve in the opener. Absolute killer. Best match of the week, as far as I'm concerned. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, I know I say it every week. Swerve is ready for it. Put that, like, it is, I feel it with him. I feel it with him. It's he, I, 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 I feel it with man. him the way that Paul feels about L.A. Knight. I'm like Swerve Strickland is right now. Put it on him, please. Let's be. Let's have. Let's have some fun. That doesn't mean to say that I didn't like something that came a little bit later. Anyway, okay. I am rambling. Um, Jason, I don't want to get too caught up into which which one was better because they were so different in terms of the way you present the wrestling. Oh yeah, show. for sure. You might not recognize it if you're not a wrestling fan, but if you are keen, if you have a keen eye, <laughs> they are two they're almost two different products. Yeah. One of them's the co- <laughs> I'm not even going to do that. Uh Jason, what did you think about AEW Dynamite? Let's start with AEW. Um I will even watch the the buy-in match Kingston versus Suzuki, uh solid, you know, buy-in match or whatever. Tony Khan went all 
all in on this one, for lack of a better term. You know, bought, you know, money beforehand to have Kingston versus Suzuki. Bought, you know, time after the fact to get an overlap to overrun the NXT overlap. Um, I agree with Bill. This was a, a, it felt like a, a normal Dynamite. But Dynamites are typically good shows. They're a quick two hours, and, you know, we move it along. Some things move faster than others. I thought, like I agree with Bill, Swerve Danielson, I thought was off the chain. I thought Jericho and Hobbs really established powerhouse Hobbs as the, the muscle for the Don Callis family, and it puts Jericho aside for a little bit. I thought that was a good way to, to use him. Phoenix drops the tile to Orange Cassidy. So there's your, you know, I wouldn't even call it a a swerve per se because it is Orange Cassidy. He, he's getting his rematch from Moxley. The Phoenix the, was never supposed to win. Exactly. So I, I get it. Now we're course correcting that, you know, and then ultimately we'll get Moxley and Orange Cassidy too. So in this scenario, it was a – what we, I would consider can, a normal dynamite. Can we go back? Yeah. I, I just wonder, I don't know if I'm making myself clear how good dynamite usually is and how unusual it is to be like, oh, we got Brian Danielson versus Swerve opening up dynamite. Tony Khan is also the guy that will give out of nowhere an hour to FDR versus the Bang Bang Gang. Agreed. He is a guy that will be like, oh, we're going to start off Dynamite with 30 minutes Iron Man between Hangman Page and Brian Danielson. Kenny Omega and Danielson. He does. He he will do that shit. Yeah. We have a lot more to say. I, <laughs> I'm, but Tony Khan, the argument that he's a mark with a billion dollars and he acts like a mark, it's like, yeah. And he's pretty fucking good at it. No, he is. And I, I would be, and I'll give him trouble for things that I personally but, don't take, like. But take the ratings out of it, okay? Take all the ratings out of it. Take the money out of it. Don't think about how much money AEW loses or how much money WWE makes because that's that's what all these tribal arguments eventually get down to. It's like, well, what about the ratings, though? I mean, there was 900000 to 600000 Yeah, It's like, okay, well, what the fuck do you care what the ratings are? The it's, shit happened. Yeah. You watched it. Well, yeah, and, and it. Well, Did you like it? Or are you interested in the horse race? I think some are interested in the horse race, and it, that's the tribalism part of it. They don't watch both shows. No matter if a if if you're an AEW tribalist and you just watched the Dynamite show and you didn't watch uh, NXT, you would just say, "Oh, it's just because they brought in A, B, C, D, and E, and they had all of these stars in, and that's why everybody watched the show." Now, if you're on the other side and you're a WWE guy, I'd be like, okay, we'll see. Now, look, you know, this this is what happens when. That's exactly right. You know, you move it. Even though you move to another day, it's still the they same can old be shit. Like, they can be like what I say. You're like, oh, you got Christian out there with a child in a dinosaur. Like, you can make fun of it any way you want to. Agreed. But maybe that's the wrestling you like. I, I actually like the shit. I, I, I like Christian personally. No. And I thought it was a good way to. No, I'm just saying just not. But you're you're also not a tribalist, though. No, I, I, nigga, I like you it all. You, know, that omnis, shit. <laughs> you are an omnisexual. <laughs> say, You'll fuck it all. <laughs> Where's this buffet start? To the left or to the right? Fuck, we just going in the middle. Um, I thought Dynamite was a 
a wrestling show versus NXT. I thought it was more of the variety show. Uh, NXT was an event. Dynamite was dynamite. That's my point. Like, WWE, I told you I wasn't going to get into the tribalism, but I really do think that, like, WWE, instead of being like, we don't give a fuck about you, and we're going to put on our normal NXT show, and we trust the people that we have on the show enough, and we trust the booking, you know? Instead of that, they were like, fuck this. We're putting Undertaker on. <laughs> we're putting Cena on. We're putting LA Knight on. Getting we're Paul putting Rhea Heyman. Ripley on. We're getting <laughs> Paul Heyman. We're getting Dom Mysterio we're getting Oscar, and we're putting them all on a two-hour show. That would be a loaded fucking SmackDown. <laughs> and the thing that Tony Khan tweeted today, where he said that records were broken because neither The Undertaker nor Cena had ever been on a WWE show that drew less than one million viewers after WWE beat them 900,000 to 600,000. Sorry, that's funny. Nah, that's some petty crock of shit, dog. That is so you petty, that but that is that's funny. That's some top petty shit. Um, don't be embarrassed. You know, so, you know. One time L, somebody, to, one time somebody told me that the only reason I have a podcast is so I can have the last word on uh, text arguments. Because <laughs> <laughs> I get to say it out loud, and you're just in my phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Eat that, motherfucker. I honestly, I think Tony Khan's funny. I think. But okay, it goes back to and this. Is what I was going when you said softball. I was like TK. Remember the TK thought of it when we played softball. Uh, Skip Tomic Arthur, shout out to Tomic Arthur. He's he actually yeah. came with uh helped. Uh, he came up with the uh the fucking theme song. Man, give Tommy respect. It's also who we met through. Yeah, exactly. So we have to give him respect. He would come to me and be like, you know, when we first started, he was like, you got, you know, I want you to talk, you know, just, you know, keep talking, talk, 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 especially on the bench. For whatever reason, people don't like to hear my voice. So <laughs> as we got better, we got to more and more scuffles, arguments, verbal, verbal and otherwise. This is what I felt like watching Tony Khan respond to everything that was happening. Okay, so we're going to do... NXT's doing a half hour, you know, commercial free. We're going to do a half hour commercial free. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All these things happen. He, t- you know, it comes out south. He takes, you know, the three hundred k loss in the ratings. That should be it. He should just at this point just why he's no. a billionaire. He can do it. I know what he can do. He's I'm just, just saying at at a certain point, it's just time to take the L. My boy Slice says it all the time, and I'm a firm believer in that. Sometimes you just got to take the L and walk away. This is the time to take the L and walk away. That what was L, just, though? The, the, L, the L in the sense of, okay. No, I'm sorry. I think of it this way. I think of it as a W. I think of it as a W because he forced WWE to call The Undertaker off of his tour, get Cena out there. L.A. Knight, Oscar. They all flew to. They all flew to Orlando. Have you ever been to Orlando, man? Never. No, I wouldn't go there for free. <laughs> it is a. It's a fucking cesspool, man. Damn. You don't want to go to Orlando, and they all flew to Orlando on a Tuesday. He got Cena out there. He's got L.A. Knight doing shit. He's got Dom Mysterio out there. Cody is the guest GM. They pulled out all the guns. They did. No and they still about. only got 900,000 viewers. So, I know I said I wasn't going to talk about ratings. But you pull out all your guns and AEW still pulls enough away from you that you can't get a million viewers? Sorry, man. That's a 
dub. Nah. I'm, uh, hey, Paul Levesque, <laughs> take the L and walk away. I ain't going to go that far. I, I, I was saying the L in the sense of just the social media portion of it. We're now. Oh, he just, should not be in people's replies. No, at that all. That is stupid. Yeah, that, that, just shows you that, doing, yeah that just shows that people can push your buttons you and can't, you can easily yeah. be moved, you can't moved and manipulated. Be, you, listen, you can't be replying to people with less than 300 followers. No, you really can't. And I have less than 300 <laughs> followers. Don't reply to me, Tony Khan. You should be that going be for the, the, the like double check marks or like, you know, whatever is verified, like, Super verified <laughs> at this point because everybody's got a blue check mark at this point. You pay five bucks, you get a blue check mark. I'm just saying that that was the one thing, and I don't even care about the. It, to me, it doesn't even matter. It matters in the sense no. of Zach was right on the text. The winners were us. Yeah, and I and they, they were, were two great, great shows. shows. The only thing that ratings really matters is in the advertising department, how much people are willing to pay to put advertising on your shows. Yep. Outside of that. It is what it is. AEW's got a contract. But I also don't care about that. I just care if I get to see Brian versus Swerve for 16 minutes on free television on a fucking Tuesday. Shit. Roll that shit out there and do it again. I Well, my kid's in the bath. I got the (laughs) iPad sitting there, and I'm just watching that. I'm like, holy shit, this is good. You got that head to make cool. He's like, rubber ducky. I'm like, ah, yeah, Yeah. whatever. Dad of the year don't, over here. Don't hear for like four minutes. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what you doing underneath there? <laughs> no, no, no. Breathe outside the water. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Father of the year, Bob. Bill Vega, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill But Vega. I mean, that's what we should care about. Anyway, uh, we also had Hobbs. They, he squashes Y2J. Perfect. Another great, another great booking decision. Perfect. Especially with Powerhouse Hobbs. And I always tend to forget he was a former TNT champion. I was watching ROH this afternoon, and Scorpio Sky had a match. I was like, damn. See, this is where when the TNT tiles started to go south. And it wasn't even on Scorpio Sky's fault. It was just, unfortunately, on his watch where Tony Khan decided to start doing all kinds of random crazy shit. And then next thing you know, Scorpio Sky's taking the fall for it. I'm Neither here, here nor there. I'm here for a Hobbs push, though. Yeah. I Especially want- with Don Callis. Uh, Don Callis right now is the the heat magnet of AEW, and anybody that's around his aura in his you know atmosphere is going to catch some remnants of that. Powerhouse needs some sort of push. I'm waiting for him and Miro to come cross paths again. This time around, you know, you'd have Don Callis in the corner. I would expect at that point Hobbs to win that, and then you get a tiebreaker down the line. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong have another vignette. Um, I was I- thinking about this today while I was pumping gas. I don't know, man. It's Jump to Shark. Yeah, I'm done with it. This portion I'm done with. The Adam Cole, Roddy Strong portion is just not nearly as funny well, listen, as MJF, Adam Cole. If Adam Cole is legit hurt, then, and they don't want to keep him off TV, I totally understand that. He does not need to be on every week, though. Find a way for him to come back every once in a while. You know, there's have him be rehabbing and have Roderick Strong still having him do stuff for him or something. Just give it a couple weeks, let him get the surgery done, and that way you can come back to whatever it is you really ultimately want to do. If this is, you know, if this is a work, then you know, if it's a work, they're 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 spinning their wheels for something that that better be good. 
they're working me if it's a work. I don't think it's a work. No, I think he's legitimately hurt. And he yeah, just, I we just need to just go ahead and, and uh, let you, this man get it done. You mentioned Cassidy goes over Phoenix. Not a very long match. Um, Phoenix. Crowd was hot for it. Yeah, but Phoenix is is now the latest that falls under that orange Cassidy umbrella where, you know, you have match after match after match. Injuries start to pile up. And now, at least to yeah. me, that's the where the story I'll, of the match. I'll tell was. you what's not. I work- will agree with you that they did course correct. I'll tell you what's not working for me is them talking about how that title is cursed. It's like I Orange agree. Cassidy held it forever. Yeah, I was getting ready to say <laughs> what they say at thirty-one defenses of it or something, something? like that. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's not it's, it's not like, the it's, it's not, not the cursed. WWE Women's it, Tag Team Championship. He just lost it. Yeah, it's not even. Is that what it's been like? It was all out. Right? Okay, so it's like it what? was the main event of all. Yeah, yeah so right. it was like a month ago, six uh, weeks tops. Tony Storm has her silent film in the picture in picture. I thought that was pretty smart, actually. That is, this is another thing I was gonna say though. Like, <laughs> you have to notice when Dynamite, like they knew they were going up against NXT. I know they were having a straight up wrestling show, but even a straight up wrestling show these days is a WWE show. This was sports entertainment. Oh yeah. Tony Storm doing her silent film during the picture-on-picture. That is sports entertainment. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, that's sports entertainment, guys. You guys can talk about wrestling, and I know that I have, and I know they allow for a lot more wrestling WWE, but that's still it still is WWE style, though. I agree. Uh, Wardlow, I guess his new thing is just charging out there, smashing a dude, and then charging right out and not taking in any of the adulation. He squashes Matt Seidel. I hope Matt Seidel got a nice uh, nice little paycheck for that night. I'm sure he did. He's a pro pro. He's a pro's pro. Um, what do you think about Wardlow? What do you think about Wardlow's comeback? Reemergence? Reemergence. Is, I, would go, I would probably go with that than anything else. Like I said, I mean, it's rinse, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's There's nothing that we haven't seen before, you know, and that's to, that to me is the problem. What are we going to do to get Wardlow interesting again, to make people invested again? MJF, period. I'm skipping Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Matt Menard backstage. Daniel Garcia and Matt Menard have an issue. What the fuck are they doing with Daniel Garcia? Then we have Hangman Adam Page versus Jay, Switchblade Jay White in a one-on-one match. This match fucking ruled. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match was happening, so I had double screens up. I had... <laughs> Couldn't do it, man. I had to explode. I had my iPad sitting right there on the ottoman. Right. And I had it Bluetoothed into my ear, okay. my right ear. And then I had my phone sitting up uh, up there, and it had baseball on. And then I had NXT on the main TV. Jesus Christ. And I was reading my book. You ain't reading no book. Nigga. No, I was reading a book. You ain't reading no I book. I can tune it all out. I'm reading Matterhorn. It's a tale of the Vietnam War. All right, man, go ahead. Tell your story. <laughs> when this was happening, when it was – so – uh, Jay White, this was basically like felt like it had been the top of the, the top if, of the eight o'clock hour. Yeah, but it started before it. It felt like a really great New Japan match, like the beginnings of a New Japan match, and maybe that's why I was bringing to it. But anyway, it ended abruptly and it ended cheaply. Jay White goes over Hangman Adam Page, MJF, or because of Prince Nana, yeah, Nana, Nana, <laughs> uh, because it looks like Swerve and Page aren't done. 
Paige chases Nana up the ramp. Jay White is there celebrating with the Bang Bang Gang. MJF comes out. MJF comes out. And so this is why I want to say that this was happening at the same time on NXT when it was Dragunov versus Dom. Mm. So this is, ugh, there's a lot of wrestling. God happening. damn, man. See, that's, that, there it is right there. Because I'll be like, what do I watch? God damn it. MJF <laughs> comes out and cuts a purely babyface promo. I mean, the guy is just one. Oh, he's, he's not quite white meat. But he's pretty much white meat baby face. And Jay White is perfect in this segment. Absolutely what you that's that's why you pay him the big bucks. Bring that motherfucker in. His his attitude, his delivery, he is uh the best. But anyway, uh what you think about this segment and then we'll get into the uh the quarters thing. Um I thought the match was good. I was going to say you got two of the best you have on the roster against each other. Right guy goes over, especially, you know, leading up to full gear. You can't have Jay White lose. That's just – that'd be just silly. Um, you're protecting Hangman in the process by having Prince Nana get involved. So, obviously, like you said, Swerve, Hangman not done yet. The verbal war part two, I guess, for lack of a better term, I thought both did their both did their jobs. MJF is feeling more and more like a baby face, even though it's it's just it's so weird to even me to think like that or to contemplate like that. Like backstage, he didn't even snap on Renee. He was just like, "Hey, Renee, you know, I, I don't even feel like doing this right now. You know, I need a minute to to calm myself down before I even uh, start to talk to you." Old MJF would have took Renee's head off and not even thought twice about it. Yes. So I mean, you know, you could see the evolution of MJF's character more and more as a a bigger baby face than one would have even imagined. Jay White's is Jay White. I think he's one of the best in the business when it comes on the stick. I thought he held his own better from beginning to end. This time around versus the, the I guess it was the week before, where Jay White uh, kind of felt like he was taking punches at the beginning, but then threw punches on the back end. Um, it's all to get in the MJS head, and the great part about it is you can see that it's working. I guess where I want to see – what happens going forward is if Adam Cole is legitimately, if he's really hurt, then we need to start figuring out how MJF is going to fend for himself solo dolo. If he's not, then you're going to have to figure that out too. I just, I, I don't like how a lot of things have, you know, now come back and is circling around Adam Cole's health. And just for the record, and I know I put this on Facebook today, it's not that I don't think he can be world can't be world champion. I do want him to be world champion, but it, when you bring, if Will Ospreay comes uh, in six months, that just pushes Adam Cole back. Just for the sake of argument, if somebody else comes back, that pushes him back more. The window for him to be the champion was right around Forbidden Door, the first Where's Forbidden he going? Door. He's not going anywhere, but I'm just saying he's that. Just, he, he's He's got plenty more miles in him. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying if you bring Will Ospreay over, the expectation is that Will Ospreay at some point is going to be AEW champion. Okay, so MJF, at the end of this promo, Juice Robinson gets on the mic, and Juice <laughs> Robinson has a history of hitting dudes with – 
stacks of quarters. It's one of his things. I think he's put it in a sock before or something like that. Anyway, he hits guys with quarters. MJF, in one of his, one of those babyface promos that he used to cut right in the middle of being a heel, which he did every once in a while, which was always kind of weird. But he cut this promo about how, because he was the Jewish kid at school, uh, other kids used to throw coins at him and call him the Jew and other slurs and how it really affected him. I compl- I believe the story 100%. I think that it probably happened. It's not him really trying to make it sound cool or anything. It seems like it's him trying to be just telling his truth, right? So, at the end of this promo the other night, <laughs> Juice Robinson <laughs> pulls, out, pulls out a roll of quarters oh and has no. Friedman written on it, which is MJF's last name, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and said, I got a roll of quarters just for you. This incenses MJF. He is so pissed off at this. He, You can tell he's hurt to the bone. Some people got uh, offended by this. They said with the situation going on between Israel and the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, that this bringing up this Jewish thing where Juice Robinson holds a roll of quarters, says, I got one especially for you. MJF, shoot style, clearly signed off on this if it wasn't his idea. I agree with that. People are saying that they're trying to piggyback off of and make light of a very real war situation. Jason, what do you think about this? Some people have too much time on their hands. Um, I never thought of this. I'm just a stupid little wrestling mark invested in the angle that was presented to me. Juice Robinson, like you have said, has hit multiple people with rolls of quarters in his hand and has broken someone's jaw with it in kayfabe style. Now that that said, I'm very sure, like you said, number one, MJF signed off on this. If he did, if he didn't, then, you know, they would have some sort of discussion backstage. And knowing AEW, we have already heard about that. And number two, more importantly, I don't think this has anything to do with what's going on across the world. It's it's just people just trying to it's honestly, connect guys that are not supposed to be connected. It's honestly one of the laziest, stupidest criticisms that I've seen in a long time when it comes to shit like this. This is just heels being heels to MJF. Duh. They are just being mean to him. Yeah. They know that he's got a weak spot. The way he used to be mean to They know to he's got a weak people. spot that has to do with quarters or has to do with coins. Juice Robinson hits guys with coins. And then they decided to make that the spot that makes it personal. Okay. Yeah. All this does is guarantee that MJF's going to win. Uh, I don't want to go that far. I'm still holding out some. Listen, hope. when Triple H was super racist to Booker T... Did Booker T lose? <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, fuck. That's right. He did. He lost, didn't he? That was fucking weird. <laughs> they had the racist heel go over right? at WrestleMania. <laughs> I was to say, WWE might yeah. want to check themselves before you start throwing stones across that river. Akara Shida wins the women's belt off of Soraya. Where are you at on this, Jason? I don't even know what's going on anymore. Jamie Hayter, I don't even know if y'all want you to come back anymore. Why have Soraya win the title? I know why. You know, rhetorical question. Don't answer. Um, why have Tony Storm dropped the title to Sheeta? 
I just I don't get it. If this is the long way to get Tony Storm back to the title and using Sheeta to do it, then you know, fuck off with that. I mean, it, it's just the women's title is just so relevant right now. After it's been since Jamie Hayter has disappeared on from injury, it has not been fun to watch. She does the old standby though, like breaking case of emergency. Yep, because she's so good. And I mean, let's face it, the outcast thing wasn't working. It never I, caught on. I, I I can't say I disagree with that. I didn't like it from the start. It, it felt like a uh, rejected NWO um, <laughs> angle for women. I mean, I'm sorry. It just it, that's what it felt like, especially with the spray paint. No, I'm like, sorry. Geez, I was looking. Horrible. I was looking forward on the itinerary of what was next, and I remember. <laughs> so we had MJF, Renee, Adam Cole, and the Acclaim backstage. That's fine. Then we have Christian come out prior to the main event, and he talks. He drops some fucking just hilarious fucking bombs on Edge, where he says. He talks about Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus. <laughs> and he makes fun of the Judgment Day, and he says, I didn't have a bunch of kids dress up like vampires or something like that so yeah. they could look cool. He's like, and I'll, you were their leader. I'm not their leader. I'm their father. I was like, who are you? About Darth Nick Vader? Wayne and Lucha <laughs> Lucha Luchasaurus. Oh, I shit. Lucha Chris. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, how good is Christian? So good. Uh, I just, it was, it's a great way to book in Dynamite with arguably the biggest heel in wrestling. The, I don't even think it's a, even an argument in AEW. He's the biggest heel in AEW, and that's and it's not even close at this point. Christian? Yeah. Uh, it's close. Don Callis. Don Callis okay. is... Okay, biggest wrestling heel. Um, the, the physical wrestler. Okay, yes, Don Callis is, re- is the, probably the biggest wrestling okay. manager. All right. That is the that is a heel. Don Callis does those get Those guys heat. are There's doing no, work, yeah, those, those, yeah, they're both doing great work. And, you know, when they come on the television screen, it, it's instantly my attention is grabbed. Um Chris what he was saying, so like, you know, funny, he was like, dude. tell Beth and the girls, you know, change the sheets, you know, you, their new dad's coming home. I'm like, God damn, dude. dude. This so, motherfucker needs his I, I bet that Beth Phoenix was laughing her ass off at home. Like, like that's the only way shit like that Oh, happens. yeah, because it got real tight to the camera. You know, he's looking. T- I'm just like, dude, this is the funniest fucking Shit! It was really funny. Ever, I am howling Wednesday night. That was when Tender Mahal sent the text that said that Christian is a savage. (laughs) He was so good, and then he ended it by saying, "Did you want to be on my level when they were pushing you to the moon?" I mean, that was real. That's just that's the perfect synthesis of shooting kayfabe because you know there's truth to it, and you know those guys are probably fine with it. But it probably meant something at some time. Oh yeah, there there was de- there's you know? definite truth behind that last statement where it it felt like fucking Christian man. It what felt like Christian stud. was the Marty Janetti. Now it doesn't feel like that anyway anymore. It feels like they're legitimately equals at this point, which is scary to even think because Christian doesn't have no it doesn't. And it, Nah, it doesn't. He doesn't. Christian doesn't it have still, any still of feels these like singles success. That no, Christian it still feels had. like edges. Bigger than him, though. Edge is the star. To me, that you can never see these roles being reversed. You can never see Edge being somewhere and Christian coming in as the super hot mega baby face. 
It would never happen. Okay, I could. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's fair. Um, that. but anyway, so he has a match against Luchasaurus. Uh, the match was fine. It was. I don't think this was the best way to close Dynamite if you're trying to really win this quote unquote rating ratings war. Sheeta Soraya, the women's division is just. It is what it is. We already talked about that. Don Callis, I thought was good. MJF um, acclaimed was funny. Christian Cage was good. But then this main event just felt like this was kind of like, eh. To get the last word on a text argument, uh, Joey O'Farrell has recently said that Edge is one of the five best in-ring wrestlers of the last 25 years. And I'm just going to say, that's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Like who? What? Who do you think you're talking to? Like, what are you talking about? That's fucking. That's insane. That's that's a that's a tall statement. Anyway, it ends in the schmaz, and it ends with Daniel Bryan. I thought of you when this was happening. I was like, this is. It Bill's was a lot. Just like, what the fuck, dude? It was so much. Yeah. It was like, come but on. But I was like, come I, I get on, it come because come this, on, these guys don't like oh, these guys, and these guys don't like this guy. Oh, yeah. I was like, comes, okay, it never ends. By it the time ends. it was out, yeah, it just felt like a clown car just unloading. And but more it ends with the perfect thing of. Brian Danielson having Christian Cage in the LaBelle lock and teasing for this weekend. Okay, that's fine. If if you want to get to that, then that's fine. But damn, speaking of Tony Khan booking, this Saturday on free television, we have Daniel Bryan versus Christian Cage for a title, for a pretty good title. It's got better since uh, Christian. I didn't even see this coming. No. I would have never thought Danielson would have been the first opponent. Have they for ever had a match? I don't. I mean, think maybe so. on SmackDown in like 2011 or something. It, it, yeah, I was gonna say if it was, you're gonna doesn't feel like. Yeah, it, I was gonna say if it's so because that's not when the script. I that's can't when think Christian of was in the one more match thing. Twelve years ago, he would keep going. Yeah, one, one more, more match, match yeah, to Randy Orton. Orton, and that ended up with like because nasty stare Ed, spot. Yeah, Edge had to retire, and they just put Christian in the Edge's spot. So they had Christian versus Orton. That was a great feud, mm-hmm. really great feud. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dynamite, really good. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say it was a really good wrestling show. Happening at the uh, exact same time, we have WWE NXT Tuesday night, uh, and it opens up with Cody Rhodes coming out and saying that he is the guest jam uh, for the night. Ilya Dragunov comes out and stands next to Cody Rhodes, both of them in suits. Dragunov looked the part, didn't he? Yeah, he looked – well, I think he's always kind of looked the part. It's just now having him as world champion kind of, you know, is the the cherry on top of the cake. Um, Cody comes out, talks about the – Dusty Rhodes come, coming back, the men's breakout tournament. So that's his two big announcements. So in the, in this scenario of why Cody was there, okay, fair enough. You know, he has these two big announcements, and now he's going to be the uh, the special guest GM for the night. So if you want to play with, you know, why is Cody showing up, and at least it kind of makes sense that, especially with the Dusty Cup announcement, that he's there on NXT to make that said announcement. Okay, so watching this live, I know for a fact – 
I never got I never went back and looked at it. Didn't say anybody else say this. But I know for a fact that Cody booked Dom versus Ilya Dragunov for next week. I think he fucked up and I think they corrected it later. But anyway, maybe I heard I, it wrong. I honestly I don't I doubt remember. it. It's not like I was watching one TV with the thing in my head and watching one on TV and I had the baseball game on the iPhone in front of me and I was reading a book. <laughs> I had a hundred percent percent hundred percent attention. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that book was taking the ass in of that attention span. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that book is on your lap. <laughs> the fuck is this book doing in my way? God damn! Can you, can you get comfortable? Shit! I read like two pages. Okay, in, like, I was gonna say. Don't be sitting there lying to me talking about you reading Fair. the book. My That's ass. fucking hilarious. <laughs> I did have a book on my lap. Did <laughs> say pages down? Like been damn. reading it for a year and a half. <laughs> That's uh, so we had Roxanne Perez versus <laughs> we had Roxanne Perez versus Oscar uh, in a match that only lasted six minutes. Very disappointing to me. Yeah, um, but I guess this is kind of what. You, one should expect when you bring Oscar in to uh, face Roxanne Perez with very little build. Uh, I guess this was to show Roxanne can stand next to Oscar, can't beat Oscar. So you know, obviously not ready for Oscar. It, it was what it was. It just it, it just didn't feel like a good use of either woman in a spot where you could have done maybe ten minutes and maybe gotten a little something more. Uh, Big fan of both these women. Yeah. Uh, I watch every match they're in, make a point of it. I would have liked a lot more, but, you I know, expected more, honestly. There, there's more to come, I'm sure. It's it's not the end of the world for Roxanne. She'll be fine. It's this just, is a loaded fucking show. So, yeah, for I them just, to get seven minutes is kind of a, you know, good for them. Yeah, okay, anyway, uh, then we had what was a very uh, rough and fun match, which was uh, Gallus versus... Uh, Tyler Bate and uh, the fuck, what are they called? The Brawling Brutes. Brutes. Brawling Brutes. Uh, Rich Holland and Pete Dunn. What you think of this? It's like what you said. It was it was a big meaty men slapping meat. Um, baby faces and goals. some small meaty men slapping meat. True story too. Um, a part of me kind of wishes that uh, if Sheamus is not going to be around. For the foreseeable future, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the Brawl and Bruce go back to NXT for a little bit. I think that them with uh, Tyler Bate, they brought back a uh, British British strong style. Uh, made at least reference to it. You can go go with that for a little bit and have uh, Tyler Bate with uh, Brawl and Bruce in that route. But ultimately, I thought this match was good. It just it was one of those scenarios where it wasn't a spot fest. Because to me, like a spot fest, you, you see motherfuckers doing all kinds of crazy shit, jumping off this, flying over that. But it was enough where I was like, you know, you had to keep your attention span going because it was a, a Texas tornado match. So there was all kinds of shit going First on. First of all, they never should have called these guys the Brawling Brutes. It's just a terrible name. Second of all, Tyler Bates should join them right now. Yeah. And Pete Dunn and Tyler Bates should go on a run as... The, the Brawling Brutes. Tag, yeah, the NXT Tag Team Champs. Or the Big Strong Boys. I mean, I know that's Tyler Bates' thing, but I think that is so cool. Call himself the Big Strong Boy. They they obviously have chemistry together. Rich Holland can be the muscle, take the falls, so take this the, was the something, pins, shit this like that. something perfect. that they called a pub styles match. I mean, it was a, it was a brawl. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had 
Tegan Knox and Lyra Vakilira backstage. Cena and Braun Breaker in the middle of the ring. Cena comes out, gives the rah-rah NXT speech. So, Cena, uh, he shows up in a couple more segments coming up. What do you think about Cena on NXT? Um, It was what it was. It was John Cena's on NXT. Come see John Cena on NXT. Nothing more than that. Um, Gabe Braun is props. Stood in uh, Carmelo's corner, uh, gave some advice to Trick. That, to me, was the more interesting of the John Cena spots when we saw him on Tuesday night when uh, Trick and Carmelo seemingly still can't get on the same page, and Trick asked him flat out, you know, when did you know it was time for you to John do your Cena thing? Sucks. <laughs> John Cena no, Keep it talking. Good. It John was Brian Breaker. Sucks. Sucks. I, I thought that was cool. The NXT crowd is savage. They don't give a fuck about nobody. They went, They turned that shit around real quick. It was like, Brian Breaker sucks. I'm like, they say Brian Breaker sucks? I'm like, it's, oh, that's crazy. It's a good It's a good crowd. It's a good show. It was a good show. Uh, NXT has been a good show for a few months now. Uh, we have been on top of it. Uh, two beers, Zach Poland. Big fan of NXT. Yeah, we, uh, we finally dragged him along after I jumped on board. <laughs> but John Cena sucks. I don't think – I think sucks is a strong word. I just when I see him in limited God. spots, it's perfect. He just – he flips between Black Preacher and Soap Opera Star. Black preacher, soap opera star. When he has to actually, Ron Breaker, I really respect you. God, he looks like such a, he's so fucking fake. He can't even say that shit naturally. He's just not natural. I hate him. Mm. Okay, fair I enough. I hate John Cena. I, look, I, there was a time where I hated John Cena too, but that's I when tr- I see him know what? every I, week. You know what? I should have gone with my gut. In 2009, when I came back to wrestling, I started watching, I was like, this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> that was 14 years ago. <laughs> Did say that? You just come back full circle you know what? 14 years ago. He fucking sucks. Man, damn, dog. It ain't that serious. John Cena ain't going to be around I'm not saying it's much. that serious. He I'm ain't going to be around too much longer, okay? The right of strike is going to be You're over kill him? a little bit. No. You, man, look, I ain't that stupid to put that Are shit you, out. <laughs> like the way I talked about <laughs> killing that senator? Let's say we had, we had to go back and uh, rewind that shit. No, nah, man, I... Like I said, as long as Cena just plays his part. Hey, everybody, if you can guess what senator mm. I said I proposed that we put a bounty on to have him assassinated, but had to go back, rewind, and cut it out of the show because Zach thought that I could get in real trouble for it, we'll send you a free BFR T-shirt. There you go, baby. <laughs> they in the truck of my car. I can easily go to the uh, post office. Um... Honestly, like I just, I'll just say this. I thought NXT was good. It's just when you bring in John Cena and the like, you're not going to get a show that's going to have a lot of storyline progression. If that makes sense, this was a show to make sure that they won the night and nothing more than that. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at it, Melo Braun obviously being the main event was cool. But then from there, you had just – you had Jade, uh, Baron Corbin, and Cody Rhodes right, backstage. So, yeah, we also had Baron Corbin cut a promo before the Dragunov Dom match, which ended up being a, sh- a schmoz also. A schmoz that I 
didn't enjoyed, see coming, and, and I didn't see it coming. And I I loved it. But Baron Corbin cuts the promo. He's cutting the promo backstage about how Dragonoff's dodging him, and all of a sudden you hear L.A. Knight, and Corbin's face is like, "Oh the fuck!" He's like, <laughs> "All right, that's cool." He's like, "Here I go," and so Dragonoff ends up going over Dom. And right when Baron Corbin's running down to beat up Dragonoff, behind Dragonoff comes frenemy of the show, <laughs> Dominic Dijakovic. Oh, wait, wait, hey, man. Dijak. <laughs> nope. Dijak is back. He attacks Dragonoff from behind, and he says to Baron Corbin, he says, you got to wait. It's my turn. He's mine. So now we're going to get Dijak versus Dragonoff. I'm very much looking forward to this. Fuck it, yeah. I'd, Sign I'd, me up yeah, for this. Yeah, I never this. thought that uh, Dijak should have got the axe to begin with. I mean, to me, it was just really starting to get a little interested, even with this Eddie Thorpe uh, view where they end up. Do you have the picture of us with Dijak? I don't. I, I would. I thought that... Um, if you scrolled all the way back in your pictures, I, I do all the time, man. Just for, well, for shits and giggles, and I don't. I thought uh, Two Beer has it, but I could be wrong. Um, if if Two Beer has it, that would be. It's the, a picture of Two Beer, JCB, and I with Dominic Dijakovic, which is what his name was at the time. At a, our a gory pro at our very first <laughs> at our very first satellite event. <laughs> And he's holding up a piece of notebook paper that Jason wrote banned from ringside. No, it, I had it copied. He did not want to hold this up. At all. Oh, oh, it was no, like Jason we had him like, at gunpoint. He was like, yeah, I'll hold this up. He's like, you motherfucker. Yes, yeah, it's like we had him at gunpoint. No guns around. Just so we are life. rooting for Dragonoff. <laughs> Fuck you, Jack. Come find me. Okay, 329 episodes later, motherfucker. You should have just signed up when you had the chance. So, Dijak Dragonoff, Dijak Baron Corbin. It's a story. It's a story. Where guys are now lining up to get towards Dragunov, and at some point, Wesley will eventually come back and will have his turn against Dragunov as well. So, yeah, off the bat, I like what they're doing with Dragunov, uh, transitioning away from Braun Breaker and Carmelo An- uh, Carmel Anthony. I did it again. Carmelo Hayes. Um because at some point they're going to go to the main roster. It's just a matter of time for me. So now here's the opportunity to build up the next round of stars, the Ilya Dragunovs, the Wesleys, the Trick Williams, so on and so forth. So for me, um, this was a solid show, like I said. And I know I keep repeating myself, but, you know, I'll go back to, you know, Mel and uh, Braun Breaker as the main event. I thought that was a really solid main event. Um I'm only counting what one, two, three, four, five physical matches on the show. So I mean, this was like I said, this was a show to make sure that NXT did not lose the night. Even I thought the Undertaker part was just okay. That that was just now you know you killing cockroaches with a sledgehammer at this point. Yeah, but it was stupid. Like, what was was the point of Undertaker coming out after Hayes versus Breaker? There was 
in kayfabe style, it was just basically to prove that, you know, there's an old dog waiting for you around the corner at any given point. In real life time, it had nothing to do with a goddamn thing. Is it thing. because he calls himself badass Braun Breaker? Yeah, it's, it was basically because he's the, the American, American badass, so that's why he came out on the bike and shit. I was like, God damn it. You know, here we go with this Unprofessional bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> so I said, like, can't you just let Braun Breaker live, motherfucker? God damn. So, Always got to be about you, huh? So ultimately... NXT pulled out all the stops to beat Dynamite on its off night. So let's say, let's say it happened on a Wednesday. They got seven, maybe eight hundred thousand. What Dynamite? Yeah, it hasn't broken a million in a while. But still, it's like you pulled out all the big guns. And that's the the end result. Like I thought, you don't care about these guys. Like, are, oh, you, no. are you scared of them or not? Oh no, they they definitely care. Yes. Okay. Care. Let, let them tell you otherwise, and no. that's that's full of shit. And right. the people that say that oh, WWE online doesn't care about AEW, clearly that's an ass lie too. They care. They watch. They are paying attention. And for those to think otherwise, you're fooling yourselves and others. So. Ultimately, like like you said, the winners were us. I enjoyed both shows. And I mean, I mean, wouldn't the WWE thing to do would have been Dynamite being like, actually, you know what? We're going to have MJF versus Edge Tuesday night. I think they did everything short of that, though. I no, mean, they didn't, though. I mean, they what just else? had a regular Dynamite. I mean, okay, then really, what else, what else would you want them to do at that point? I'm saying if they would have overreacted. They being AEW. Okay. If AEW would have overreacted and been like, you know what? We're going to fucking smoke these guys. We're going to have MJF versus Edge. That's something that Vince would have done back in the day. Tony Khan didn't do that. I I think that the, you know, the counteracting, I don't think is a overreaction. I think it was just a reaction to it. The overreaction to me is, like I said, to me, what everything he did on social media, that's overreacting. Yes. If you take the shows for what they are, they were both pretty good. And I don't think that AEW blew their water overreacted. That's what, I mean, that's what I think. No, I don't think I agree with that. I th- Ultimately, the stuff I don't like, mainly the AEW stuff I don't like, I, let me be specific on that, is mainly the women's division. And I think ultimately it's going to get back to Tony Storm is my guess. We're just taking a long way to get there. Outside of that, I mean, there was storyline progression. You had a title change. You got Swerve versus uh, Brian Danielson. I, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, AEW had a shit night. People didn't watch because all the stars were on NXT, and I get that. Kudos to the, uh, the WWE side; they did they held serve for lack of a better term. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, uh, three count. Let's take a trip on over to New Japan World. We're going to talk about a little destruction in Rio Goku. Jesus Christ, it's a 10-match card. We're just going to talk about the last five matches kind of in detail. These were all title matches. 
starting off with Hikaleu and ELP versus Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd for the New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Not going to lie, I was very disappointed <laughs> in the finish of this match because I have now just become a huge fan of Alex Coughlin. was a fan of Alex Coughlin to begin with, but more so of Gabriel Kidd, especially after the G1 run. He, he had not a lot of wins, not a lot of points, but definitely stirring the part, uh, the stirring the pot at any given chance. I thought that War Dogs was definitely going to win, especially when they had jumped uh, ELP and Hikaleo early. Unfortunately, not the case. But these were just the strong titles, though, right? Yeah. Um, then we have one set. Um, Bishamon. Bishamon has the other, but Goto has a MCL sprain, and he's medically not cleared, which is very ironic because... Aussie Open had to drop the tiles when they were hurt, but Bishamon keeps theirs, but neither here nor there. Um, ELP, Hikaleu, <laughs> win the New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Were I, you like, I mean, I was just like, what the fuck I was, at the end of this? Yeah, because I was just like, dude, it really felt like Coughlin and Kid are just hitting their stride. I guess because it's Lance Archer and... Uh, Alex Zane are going to be the challengers here when they come to uh, Vegas. Maybe that's why they did it. I don't understand it. I thought the War Dogs were, at least this portion of the War Dogs, were perfect tag team champs. Not saying that uh, Connors and uh, Maloney aren't. I just, it was just a surprise, that's all. I'm not a big ELP Hikaleu tag team guy. I like them separately, but I mean, not together. ELP is great i mean hikaleu's fine the war dogs fucking rule though right they're that they i think they were trying to tell a story here tonight because the war dogs and david finley both lost their belts right on this event i don't know what happened in the pre are in the matches beforehand with bullet club but bullet club loses all three of their titles um I, chase lost uh, earlier in the night to Tongaloa. Kaiser Maloney retained over Kushida and Kevin Knight, so they still have that one set of tag team titles, the uh, IWGP Junior tag team titles, but uh, the other guys obviously dropped theirs, and we'll, we'll be talking about that in a second. I thought Anyway, I'm just... I'm just... Two, I thought two of the three, were, the tag team championships, I thought were pretty much... Layups that was going to be the the ones they were going to keep. David Finley, I wasn't too particularly sure, especially with the the build to the match itself. But, just kind of dumbfounded by the War Dogs losing. Um, this yeah, especially this set. This is a, a team. I guess Hikaleo did make it to the final eight at the G one, but and the War Dogs didn't really win a lot. But didn't they make an impression? I I, mean, I thought so. Yeah, especially maybe just for. Us American fans, I don't know. No, I don't think it was just us. I, th- I think there is a consensus of more people liking the War Dogs. Just it, this, just did not make sense. It was so right field, and I was just kind of like, you know, damn, it's over. <laughs> it's thirteen minutes later. It was a good match. It just the the finish just kind of threw me. Um, Motor City Machine Guns, Josh Alexander versus Okada. Tanahashi and Ishii, fifteen forty bell to bell. Um, for those who don't watch Impact, this was the match that I was very curious about because Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley, one half of the Motor City Machine Guns and the current Impact World Heavyweight Champion, 
are not getting along. They had fisticuffs on Thursday night's impact, which end up leading over into, or I guess this was Monday's show, Monday morning show, where Josh Alexander clocks Alex Shelley to set up the eventual pin. 15 minutes, I thought was good. I thought the fact that they brought over the impact angle was the one thing I was looking forward to because, to me, there was no way Okada and company were going to drop the tiles. So, for me, we needed a reason why they weren't going to drop the tiles. The fact they used the impact angle to set up the pinfall was perfect. I thought this was a good match. Didn't overstay his welcome, like my boy said. It was good to see Josh Alexander in the New Japan ring. Hopefully, a, a G1 is calling in his future at some point down the line. Time will tell. Yeah, when he uh, stood face to face with Ishii, uh, that was super badass. Give me, give me those two guys all the time. Him and Okada staring out. I was like, okay, yeah, we can do this too if you want to. <laughs> yeah, uh, match was really fun. I tend to watch stuff if there's some kind of belt on the line. It doesn't matter who's really wrestling. Like I just like it when there's stakes. So I watched this entire thing. Uh, Tanahashi ends up pinning Alexander, right? Believe so, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that could set up a Tanahashi versus Alexander for the Impact Belt uh, match if they wanted to do something like that. Josh Scott won that motherfucker first, but a couple weeks, we'll see. Um, Tamatanga versus David Finley. Wait, who's got it? I thought Alex Shelley has the title now. Oh, maybe. All right, never mind. Go ahead. Um... And honestly, I can't remember if it was Josh Alexander that was the one that took the pin. It would make the most sense because he's the one that doesn't have the title between the three. But I can't really say for sure. Tamatanga versus David Finley for the never open weight title. Uh, 19 minutes, bell to bell. Tamatanga wins back the never open weight title. I was kind of wondering how this match would finish. I thought to myself that this was a chance that Tamatago was going to win it back. This would be the chance and be the only chance from that point on. If David Finley retained, he would have to, you know, we'd have to move on to somebody else at this point. I always thought that Tamatago would be a good neverweight champion, but just never really got the chance to do it, whether it was losing to David Finley or Carl Anderson kidnapping the never openweight championship and holding it hostage. It felt like Tamataga never really got his chance. Hopefully, knock on wood, this is his one chance to elevate him and the never openweight championship. More importantly, if the IC title is not coming back, not coming back anytime soon, it clearly, for that point, it's time to elevate the never openweight championship, and Tamataga is a good guy to do it. And it's an openweight title, so it shouldn't just be heavyweight guys. There's junior guys that can make, have good title matches against Tamataga as well. That's the problem with, at least for me, the openweight part of it. It shouldn't just be heavyweights, but neither here nor there. I thought this match was good. Told the story that Tamataga had to fight back from the beatdowns from before, especially getting dog-walked for, for losing the title. Now it comes full circle from getting the title back. So props to Tonga Tonga. David Finley should be on the way up to be challenging the heavyweight champion, whoever it may be, coming out of Wrestle Kingdom. So that's what you think is happening, is Tonga Tonga goes over so David Finley can go up. If if I'm guessing correctly, we are going to have Naito win and David Finley be one of the first challengers to Naito for the title. So are the war dog? Did the war dogs drop it to go up to Bishamon? 
That I don't because understand. if that's the plan, that's fine. But this seems that like I a, don't get it. It seems like a really weird way to do it because Bullet Club ate shit this event. For the most part, yeah, it was not a, a good night for Bullet Club. I mean, Music especially three four. especially if you think about House of Torture. Um, also ate shit. I think, but that I think that was just a natural storyline. Um, anyway, this go ahead. This Tomatonga David Finley match was perfectly fine, exactly as good as you'd expect it to be. Not one iota better, not one iota worse. It was good. No. Uh, Tama Tonga winning surprised me. I just thought that he was on the downslope. I don't. I didn't I, see I, him. I would. I would be lying if I said I was wasn't a little surprised myself. I so, just assumed David Finley was going to retain. Yeah, I figured David Finley was going to retain, and then after he lost, I was like, huh. I was like, that's fucking weird. I was like, that's those are three are those are two big losses for Bullet Club. But immediately, I thought. Um, I mean. I was like, well, damn, this means he's got to be moving up because there's nothing else for him to do at this point. It's not like there's there's not a title that's in between Zack Sabre Jr. That feels to me like they're losing faith in him. I don't think they're losing faith in him, per se. I think this is a – it's good for David Finley to be in a, in the title chase. He, had, I think he'd done pretty much all you can do with the never open weight title. It elevated him. It got the group elevated. It, it – Made everybody, you know, a little more visible. Now, from this point, the only team I'm really worried about, and I'm not even saying I'm worried about them, is Coughlin and Kid. Their path to the future is a little cloudy, at least in my eyes. Um, somebody came back. We'll talk about that person in a second. There was a clear path for that person that just came back. David Finley, I think, is on the way up to uh, the main event scene. All right. So, yeah, what was next? Uh, next up, you had a triple threat match: uh, Mike Speedball Verley versus Yo, replacing the sick Leo Rush versus Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Originally, it was supposed to be Leo Rush in this match. Uh, Leo Rush had to pull out because of a stomach flu that had been going around the locker room. They had Yo beat Hiromu in an elimination match: Chaos versus Lij, and then post match. He challenged uh, Hiromu to be in this match, so now you have the triple threat back on again. I thought this was the match of the night, and it wasn't even fucking close. <laughs> it was the match I thought was going to be good if Leo Rush was in it. Leo uh, not being in it, you're trading out with Yo. I thought the match was just as good. It just you had a different style with Leo Rush not being in this match. Yo does have a little bit of kryptonite in his possession when it comes to Hiromu, obviously getting the win to set up this match, I thought Mike Speedball Bailey is a perfect foil because he could do all the things that all the other juniors can do, but has a little, not even a little, a, a heavy MMA influence with his kicks and strikes. He was a perfect wild card for it. Yo takes the pin on uh, Hiromu. Well, I'm sorry, Hiromu pins Yo to retain. Speedball is immediately right back in, his, in uh, Hiromu's face. He just wants a flat-out one-on-one match. Still hasn't been pinned by Hiromu and holds a, a win over Hiromu from best of the Super Juniors. So there's something to be said about that. We'll see how that plays out here in a little bit. But I thought this was easily the match of the night. And it, like I said, to me, it wasn't even fucking close. And then the lights go out. And the, re- and the returning Taji Ishimori comes back 
if for those who don't watch New Japan, Ishimori was injured in the Best of the Super Juniors tournament by Hiromu Takahashi, not purposely, but in their match where they had to stop the match and uh, call it for Hiromu to get the two points. We haven't seen Taiji Ishimori since. He comes back, drops Hiromu like a bad habit. No, he should. The, the, the lights go off, then the lights go back on. And then Ishimori's there, and he looks at Hiromu, and he goes, What up, turd? <laughs> and drops him like a bad Drops him. <laughs> it was good to see Ishimori back. I, I like Taiji Ishimori. I think he's one of the, uh, the pillars, for lack of a better term, right. of the junior division. This Hiromu-Mike Bailey-Yo match was insane. Mike Bailey is insane. Haven't really watched him. He's one of those guys. He's an indie superstar. You hear about him all the time. I made my mistake with Fakingo. I'm not going to talk shit on anybody without seeing him ever again. Feeble Mike Bailey rules. Uh, Hiromu is the truth, though. Nice. He pulls out shit. Out of nowhere, and you're like, that motherfucker. It's like you look at him, you're like, that guy is strong as shit. Yeah. He shouldn't be throwing guys around the like, way he does. He, you know, you know our friend Kevin Connors. It's like you look at him, you'd be like, that's a regular dude. <laughs> and then when you see him get pissed or, you know, he helped me out of a lot of brawls at uh, Jack Patrick's hey, when man. I was bartending, and uh, we also had a couple bench press competitions. That's the kind of guy you're like, oh, fuck, that guy's like, Really strong, like <laughs> don't go stronger like than you think. Yeah, as I say, don't go like much until he puts his hands on you. Like, oh shit, that's, her, that's Hiromu, guys. <laughs> that's what Hiromu's like. No, nah, uh, without question, I, I enjoyed this match obviously a lot, and it yep. was it was a nice school uh, setup for what was to come because the next match I thought was one of those where let's talk about it. evil versus sonata in the main event sonata holds the big boy belt what you think about oh so it it is a house of torture match it is full of shenanigans ref bumps galore oh, refs God. running in just a total <laughs> bullshit fucking match jason how many stars do you give it I was nice and gave it three, three, three point seven five, and I think that was probably giving it too much. Um, it's like Will said; it was if you watch New Japan and you're familiar with House of Torture, it was legitimately a straight up House of Torture match, and it was torturous to watch. If you don't watch New Japan, um, imagine all kinds of fuckery from the heel faction, and then some multiple refs bumps. They brought the original ref, Red Shoes, the senior referee for New Japan, back in from the locker room to try to make him get the pin. The double bird, I thought, to Evil and House of Torture was perfect. You would very rarely see Red Shoes stand up for himself, so I thought that was a nice little palate cleanser for this shit sandwich that I was forced to watch. Um... For me, this is more so about Sonata than anything else. I just I want Sonata to have a decent title run. And right now, there's nothing really that has stood out for Sonata with this run that he's had so far. It's been good matches, not great matches. This doesn't help the argument for those who have looked at Sonata's run at 
than less than spectacular. I sold cars for about six months in 2004, I guess, and up on North Limburg, okay, Florissant, right there at uh, fuck, I forget what it was called, Select Automotive or something. I'm, I kind of know what you're talking. I I know where the general right there is. by Ruiz Castillo. Okay, I Limburg. know exactly what you're talking about. All right, so uh, we used to have a little joke about Hyundai Sonatas. What's the joke? It's Sonata good car. <laughs> you ain't shit. God damn, I walked into that shit. So, when I was watching that evil match the other night, I was like, Sonata good champion. Because this is not what you want out of a main event in a New Japan match. When I'm no. watching a New Japan event, and I'll tell you what, if I was paying for it and not Jason Bell, <laughs> I'd be bad the motherfucker. I'd be madder than the motherfucker. Yeah, it, it, Luckily, my friend Jason Bell pays for it. Yeah, you know it's it's what I do to keep us all. I think I I, I might watch the bootleg, but I don't know. Honestly, it, it you you probably should have watched the bootleg. I I wouldn't even. I'm not even mad. I pay for it. I'm mad that I watched it. Okay, that's what that to me is more than. My biggest anger than anything else is that I had to sit there. I mean, at no point did you think evil was going to win. And at no point was it interesting. It was just garbage. And it it was was just five. It was 28 minutes long. I was like, God damn. Yeah, fuck. That's why I was like, dude, this is getting out of hand. Okay. One of these refs needs to just stay upright, stay out of the ring. I don't give a fuck in this nonsense. That's too much. Yeah, and and it what and it would be different if it was a what we would consider a main event style New Japan match where you had you know other things going on versus the fuckery. You got good spots. You got psychology. You got you're telling a story. Yada yada yada. I don't know. I don't even know what kind of story they were talking, trying to tell. It's the the story that I was getting is that the refs were keep getting bumped down by by House of Torture. They brought in another ref. They brought in another ref. They brought back the original ref, and then they lost. That's the story that I got from that. I guess the main point is that I'm trying to say is that when I'm watching New Japan and it's a title match for the heavyweight belt, there's a standard that I have. Fair. Completely fair. That I listen, I'm settling I'm settling in for twenty eight minutes. That's fine. <laughs> but it's not twenty eight minutes of this garbage. This is the worst New Japan. When I was I defending evil a couple months ago, defending House of Torture, I was like, listen, as a mid card, undercard thing, it's completely serviceable to have an evil match be the second match of the night or something. And have all that bullshit. Get out the way. Get it out the way. It's a variety show. I like Yano. Like, there's a place in wrestling for House of Torture. That there are place. People like House of Torture. That blows my mind. Yeah, but that place ain't the main event. Not like this. Not with. Not with this step. If you want. Not to like do this. It, like Andre, say, just, <laughs> not like this. If you're going to do that, just just having just have it as a, a match at, because you're going to book House of Torture to do that shit anyway. It was just so much, so much. Fucking interference. I mean, you, 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 Uramura coming back was the saving grace because it felt like that was the guy that took advantage out of all of this. He was the one guy that 
really helped Sonata retain the title when at the end when everybody's taking out everybody, your you you Yuramura was the one that was finally like, okay, I'm gonna take you out and take you out. All right, Sonata, go ahead and finish this thing on off. Outside of that, it was 28 minutes of just, for lack of a better word, torture. Straight uh, up torture. I have some breaking news. Uh-oh. And this is good news for everybody that listens to the podcast. I took the Chiefs minus 10 and a half. Uh-oh. They were winning 16-8 with five minutes left. What? And I gave up on it. 16-8. In the fourth quarter? Yeah. God damn. Who I died? Just, I just te- checked the final. And they won 19-8, covering that 10 and a half. I told you. Good news for everybody here. And the May gets to eat for another week. Yeah, we'll see about that. Daddy's got to eat, too. <laughs> you say, somebody's got to place the best, motherfucker. Nobody is listening. <laughs> it's just me and you talking to each other in the microphone. Uh, your boy, Naido, comes out. Uh Kind of has a respectful back and forth. No, that's that. Look, the rest of the kingdom is set. You know what the main event is, and that's fine. Uh, both sides did what they were supposed to do. Sonata retained. Naito uh, retained with Jeff Cobb from this point. Just hopefully we don't see a lot of just five guys and LIJ for the next three or four months because that can get real boring real quick. That's going to do it for our three count. One. 1980. This is banned from ringside. What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes, man? I don't care. <laughs> I don't like give a like some motherfuckers. Uh, so one thing I forgot to mention earlier was Brian Pillman Jr. Mm. Uh, introduced himself with a pretty fun vignette. They've been having, been having build-up vignettes for a couple weeks now. Uh, he says that he, his dad died when he was four. Everybody has good memories of him. He only has bad memories of him. He didn't. He wasn't raised with his dad's last name, so he's taking the last name of his stepfather, his, the father, the guy who raised him. His name is going to be Alexis King. Where are you at on this? Um, somebody said this on a podcast I was listening to about. Uh, this vignette and it made sense if you're going to make Brian Pillman Jr. slash Alexis King his own star you can't have him be under his dad's shadow it's not like his dad was you know on the Mount Rushmore or anything but it does cast a a fairly large shadow whether you want to admit it or not or whether you believe no, it or not. No, the story is he's breaking out of the shadow. I know and that, I think part of the reason why they're changing the name is to get him his own path, you know what I'm saying, to start his yeah. this part of his career as not being Brian Pillman Jr. When you saw Brian Pillman Jr. in AEW, you usually rolled him out in Cincinnati, you know, his hometown. He gets this big pop. You know, he, everybody thinks he's over, and that's not the case. He showed, I mean, he showed flashes, though, of being pretty good. I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that away. It, it, well, for, don't. I couldn't if I wanted to. All right, good. Uh, fine. There he is. Um, I, like I said, I just think this is a good way to get him his own identity, I guess, for a lack of a better term, and start him off however you want to start him off, whether it's a heel or a baby face, whatever the case may be. But 
I would be lying if I did not say I found these first two vignettes very intriguing. I'm I'm interested to see what's next. This is banned from ringside. I don't want to talk about it. Then no. But I just do want to bring up that there was somebody that we could have talked about this week that we are choosing not to talk about. Oh, dog. You don't want to talk about that motherfucking shit. I, we can talk about that. That's good news. Sit your ass on the bench, player. Right. Smart, smartest move that WWE has done. I'm sitting on the bench. This is not me talking about it. I will talk about it. I All think right. that, and I said it. I'm walking away. Take a piss. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm to say, I can filibuster on this shit. I would love to. I would sit up here and say that this is part of the reason why I'm glad. If if this is this is this was Vince in charge, Vince would probably bring this dumbass dude back. Triple H knows he's got a good thing going, and there's no reason to upset the apple cart if you absolutely don't have to. What does bringing the person that should be not be named named back do for anything for anyone? It is no reason for certain person as is <laughs> that shall not be named for him to come back. If there was if there was a match that he has not had, that I was like, okay, I want to see this match so terribly bad, so he has to come back, fine. 15 minutes of a match. What are you talking about? The person that shall be not named. Oh, I was pissing. Okay. Wasn't listening. Um, If 15 minutes minutes a match is worth him coming back, then so be it. But there's going to be so many more headaches coming from that, and I think they took the right route and just taking the pass. Let somebody else deal with this headache, man. The guy let go from AEW for a reason. You let him go for a reason. There's no point of repeating same stupid shit, okay? Don't shoot yourself in the foot. WWE is going strong right now. Watch, fuck this it up. This is banned from ringside. Hey, everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Not too many, though. Karen Jarrett, 51. Huh. I wouldn't guess. Hey, Karen, come find me. Yeah, you better keep that quiet. <laughs> uh, I got, a, like, five Kurt Angles coming out of here. <laughs> Bunch of Jarrett. Yeah, I was going to say swinging guitars and shit. Nikolai Volkov. Uh, would have been 76. Mm-hmm. Stacy Keebler is 44. Tomatonga, the aforementioned, is 41. Look at him. Celebrating his birthday. Never wait open champ. Just Incredible is 50. Kenny Omega is 40. And Simon Gotch, friend of the show, 41. That boy can talk. Hey, everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Reba the Dog, check. for Xander and Millie the Cat, check, for Anthony the Baby, check. for Aaron the Wife, check. for Vice, for Tinderball, for Lucha Chris, for check. Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Patriot Pat, Triple check. for Three Beers, Zach Pullman, we missed you, we'll see you next week, check. Uh, for Jason Cornelius Bell, I am our bitches. Bill Veggie, Black Lives Matter, check. support your local weed check. dealers, support your local restaurants. Triple check, nigga. Call your parents and boo the heels. Always check. Boo, bitch.